Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Whiskey Consultant. Today we're going to be talking about Japanese whiskeys. So if you're ready to learn, get those whiskey glasses out because class is now in session. Hi guys, welcome to The Whiskey Consultant. I'm your host, Susie Lee, and I'm recording this from the beautiful Mile High City of Denver. I hope everybody is having a great week so far. And by the way, happy October to you. September felt like it lasted forever. And with the autumn months now upon us and the days getting um, a little bit shorter, the nights getting a little bit longer, and the weather turning cooler, my fancy turns um, to other things rather than bourbon. So I am a huge fan of scotch during the cooler months. And that kind of brings me to our subject today, which is Japanese whiskey. So what is Japanese whiskey and why is it different from American bourbon and say scotch as well? Well, there are a few different things. One is that Japanese whiskey is very hard to get a hold of for your local liquor store. For a bigger store, it's not much of a problem, but for your local store, it's hard to track down the supplier. It's hard to keep ready availability on the shelf. And you never know when you're going to get your shipment because Japanese whiskeys tend to be very small batched and they only make a few bottles here and there and not a whole lot of bottles make it overseas. And when they do, they generally go to the bigger liquor stores. So give your little liquor store a break if they're not um, big on the Japanese section because they probably have trouble tracking them down and doing some ordering. And with all the import-export tax, Japanese whiskeys tend to be a little expensive. Most Japanese whiskeys are going to cost you 50 bucks or above, and I've seen them go for a whole lot more than that. And so it's not a great margin for your liquor store as well. And like I said, the shipment thing is really the biggest deal because just because I order the Habiki every week doesn't mean I'm going to get the Habiki every week. So for that, give them a little bit of a break. But if your store is somewhat reputable, maybe they have a little bit of a Japanese section and you're wondering if you should try them. I say totally go for it. Japanese is a great section of spirits. They do vodka and gin very well. Their gin tends to be more floral than our American version, which tends to be heavy on the juniper. And their vodkas are very nice and smooth. So the Japanese are definitely um, really good at making spirits and whiskey is no exception. Their whiskey is different from American versions though as they spell their whiskey with no E as we do. And they tend to be more on the Scottish Scotch side of whiskey rather than the American bourbon side of whiskey. So Japanese whiskey is made with a lot of love and a lot of attention to detail and very specifically made. And there are reasons for this. So the biggest distillery in Japan to date is going to be Centauri. Centauri is the biggest distillery in Japan and they probably own about eight of the ten Japanese distilleries that exist exist. Yamasaki, Hotazaki, etc. are going to be under their name as well as Jim Beam. So they bought Jim Beam up uh, last year or towards the end of the year before last year. And so they own American whiskey now as well. And Centauri kind of started up in Japan kind of later than American bourbon did in America. 
It started up in the 1920s and 1930s by a man named Shinjiro Tori, and he brought on a master distiller and a master partner named Masataka Takatsuru. And the reason this is important is because Masataka Takatsuru learned how to make scotch in Scotland. He went specifically overseas to become a chemist, and he resided in Scotland for many years, getting his degree in chemistry, and then bringing what he learned about making scotch back to Japan. His family was already into the sake business, so he had distillation in his blood, and he wanted to translate that into a Japanese version of whiskey. And there are definitely remnants of scotch to compare to Japanese whiskey, more so than compared to American bourbon. But because of the ingredients they use and because of the woods they use, Japanese whiskey is kind of a whole different kettle of fish compared to either of those. So your Japanese whiskeys are going to be very fruit forward. A lot of them are. Um, mainly your clearer ones. So, And that's another thing that makes Japanese whiskey different from American or Scotch is because a lot of their whiskeys are going to have this clear effect to them. The Toki, which we're going to talk about today, is this very pale honey color. It's almost see-through and it's very, very pretty. And the Hotozaki, which is one of my favorites, is also very clear. But they're going to have some taste similar to scotch, your leather, your oak a little bit. But Japanese wood is very different than Scottish wood or even white American oak. So that's why your Japanese whiskeys are going to have a lot of fruit flavors to them. And we're talking heavy tropical fruit flavors like coconut, grapefruit, kiwi, lemon, citrus, that kind of thing. And it's more apparent in Japanese whiskey. Scotch doesn't really have a lot of fruit flavors going for it. Bourbon tends to, depending on where you go. But it tends to be darker fruits like cherries or plums, something like that. But with Japanese whiskeys, it's going to be very, very there. And there's a reason for that too, because Japanese culture really likes drinking. And one of the big like drinks they make over there are highballs. So their whiskey is mainly used for highballs and that citrus flavor really plays nice with some club soda or Sprite or however they make it. And actually the Toki is one of those great ones that is good for old fashions and highballs as well. Highball, if you don't know, is just a little bit of club soda or tonic water mixed with a little bit of whiskey. And Japanese whiskey is really nice with club soda because of all that citrus flavor and because they to be a little bit sweeter than your American versions. And so they make great cocktails. They usually make great old fashions. Toki, I recommend all over the board for a nice, different old fashioned than your American version. And also because the smoothness and the proof of Japanese whiskeys tend to be a little bit lower than American versions or even scotch. So there are some similarities and there are quite a few differences. It's like comparing apples to oranges. And and if you ask a very true, uh, tried and true bourbon drinker what they think of Japanese scotch, they might not particularly go for it because their American brain is used to what we get over here.
here. And Japanese scotch is very much different than the taste profile of American bourbon. Same thing with scotch. If you were to take Japanese whiskey over to Scotland, they might not appreciate it as much as somebody from Japan. So Japanese scotch is very different, and but it's similar in the fact that they use a lot of blended and as well as single malts. So you can expect a few similarities between American bourbon and a, uh, Scottish scotch if you want to go that route, but Japanese really should be its own thing. It is a subsection of whiskey for sure, but it is definitely, definitely different. So if you're looking for something new to try, I always recommend Toki for people starting out with Japanese whiskey because it is the most um, kind of greatest representative of what to expect from the rest of your Japanese whiskeys. Not always the case. Um, we're going to talk about Nika, which is a very big deal in Japan as well as over here in America nowadays. But Nika is more representative of American whiskeys than um, actually even Scotch. So Nika from the Barrel is going to be one of your big ones and you can recognize them by their cute square bottles that they make. Uh, but they are very hard to find and tend to be very high in price, usually around 60 bucks to above. So the Toki is one I recommend starting out just because it's a great representative of a nice Japanese whiskey. It's got a lot of that citrus flavor, like I said, grapefruit, lemon, a little bit of orange peel up in the forefront, maybe a little bit of coconut, definitely some grass in the middle and some green apple. And then on the end, you get a little bit of wood flavoring, not reminiscent of American charred oak barrels, of course, but you definitely get that barrel flavor. So this one's great, like I said, for highballs. If you want to go that route, maybe you're having some sushi or some udon noodles at your house and you want a little something interesting, make a highball with it. It goes great. The price point on it is very pleasing. It's about 25 to 30 bucks a bottle. So it's a great medium price range as most Japanese whiskeys go above that price point. And also, like I said, great for old fashions because of that citrus flavor. So if you're into trying new things, keep your Japanese whiskey section in mind. There's a quite a few good offerings on the table right now. And if you happen to find some Nika from the barrel hanging out on your liquor store shelf maybe grab a bottle because that is going to be a pleasant surprise for you as well all right guys well that's going to do it for me today and i hope you guys are enjoying these podcasts and sending your whiskey loving buddies over to listen every wednesday and send them over to my facebook page too that's going to be the whiskey consultant at facebook.com and if you want to become a patron of the whiskey consultant definitely hit that donate button page and send me a few bucks and i'll sign you up so guys i hope you have a great week and have a great weekend as well go out and try some great japanese whiskeys i think you'll find they're well worth the price try the toki first and then go from there and guys have a great rest of your week and so as always keep testing keep trying and keep exploring the world of whiskey cheers <laughs>